Come on over here. Come on, coward. Coward. I know that I want to punch you in the nose. I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You're an intellectual dumbass. And I'm coming. You coward. Think you're a tough guy. I hate you. Coward. <laughs> We're going to defeat this anti-human skull. We're going to wreck their world. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content, just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. What is going on, everybody? This is the Clubhouse Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Frankie Astrab. And today we have a guest appearance from Justin from the Bat Flips and Maple Dips, bleh, Maple Dips podcast. Excuse my uh, fuck up there, but you can find. Us, the podcast, not me and the podcast, if that makes any sense, on Twitter at the Clubhouse 15 and you can uh, check us out on iTunes and Anchor.fm, the best podcast host in the galaxy. That's all I have. Enjoy the interview. Alright, what's up everyone? I'm here with Justin from the Bat Flips and Maple Dips podcast. They cover the Blue Jays and a little bit of hockey. If I'm missing anything, uh, just fill me in or fill them in, the audience. No, basically uh, we're a Blue Jays podcast. We're three Canadian guys. Um, We we follow the Jays mostly, but uh, we talk about the MLB as a whole and we'll, we'll dabble into the NHL a bit and we always talk a little bit of basketball too, and uh, even some football from now and then. But ninety-five uh, percent of the time, we're we're Blue Jays content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to just plug your uh, social media before we get jump into sure. the content? Yeah. Too. So our big one is Twitter. Uh, we're at BFMD Podcast on there. I just hit a thousand followers last night, so pretty pumped about that. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you want to listen to podcasts, we're there. Um, we've been doing this for about nine months now, I guess, and it's, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. I started like three months ago, Yeah, roughly. Uh, all right, yeah. So today we are going to talk MLB. Uh, we're going to do our predictions, run through all that. So, yeah, let's jump into it with the NL East, arguably the hardest or toughest division in the uh, 
in the league uh, up there with the NL Central. Which do you think is going to be dif- more difficult to win? Oh, man. It's it's a toss-up, really. I think you flip a coin, and the top three teams in both of these divisions are all have World Series aspirations. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would say that the East is just a little bit tougher than the Central. Yes, I, I agree. When it comes down to it, it's going to be pretty much a coin flip between the two. Because if you have the Central, the uh, East too, you can throw the Mets in there as kind of contenders for the, the uh, yeah. title. But <laughs> you never know it then. Uh, they could be real good or real bad. So I have the Nationals winning this division. I don't know uh, if you disagree. Uh, I, I, I would go with the Braves. I Braves. feel like the Braves are going to return to like that 90s dynasty sort of sort of thing where they'll win this division for maybe 10 years in a row. Um, but the Nationals, I mean, you, you got you got a good point there with, with Patrick Corbin coming in um, and Juan Soto playing a full season this year. It could be an interesting thing. Obviously, you have Max Scherzer and uh, Anthony Rendon. You can't rate those guys off. Yeah, yeah. And even Steven Strasburg. True. I was, I was kind of forget about him. Uh, it seems like he gets hurt at the worst kind of times for the Nationals. <laughs> yeah. But it's also a good point to mention that Bri- the departure of Bryce Harper is could be beneficial to them. See, is like almost like uh, John Tavares leaving the Islanders and look where they are now. <laughs> True. <in> Metropolitan. <laughs> so what's your feeling on the Phillies? Because I'm a little lower on them than uh, most of the MLB fandom. Um, I mean, the hype is there right now. Uh, you've got some great talent. Obviously, Aaron Nola, uh, Jay Garrietta on the, on the starting rotation. Um, I'm a huge fan of what they did, bringing in some veterans. Obviously, they got rid of uh, Santana, which leaves Reese Hoskins back at first base instead of the failed experiment in the outfield. Their defense was the worst in the MLB last year, and it cost them a lot of runs. They should be much improved on, on the defensive side of the field this year. I think the big thing for them is going to come down to uh, the bullpen and the number four and five starters in the rotation. Yeah, I feel like their uh, their rotation's a little weaker than people are uh, saying. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Because that it's going to be their downfall if they do uh, fail to, you know, live up to the hype. That's going to be their Achilles yeah. heel almost. I'm pretty I'm pretty high on Pavetta and Effin in terms of like late round fantasy pickups because they could be real good but uh it's going to come down to um center field with Adul Herrera he's he's shown in the past he can he can hit for average but last year he had a real down year in terms of average he still hit a bunch of home runs but um McCutcheon's going to be big at the top of the lineup for them uh he's a an elite uh leadoff hitter in terms of getting on base uh so he could be a huge a huge reason for Philly's success if if they do indeed win a bunch of games yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your? Oh, and you have Gene Segura at the. Uh, yeah, it, they're fascinating. The I mean, they're, they kind of strike me as a team who could steal some bases, um, but they're also going to mash a bunch of home runs too. So, what's your outlook on the Harper signing? Because uh, that was a big thing a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, we had a or... big talk on our on our show a couple weeks ago when this when this whole thing went down um, about like how many World Series the Phillies need to win during this 13-year contract for it to be a success. Um, in my mind, I believe, I mean, I believe, I believe Bryce Harper is probably worth this money just based on um, where he projects to go in the next 10 years of his, of his career. He's only about 26 right now, 27. So he's, he's got a, a lot of time to still be in his prime. Um, the big thing with the National League is obviously you sign a guy for this long without that DH slot. I mean, we're, we're looking like we might get the DH in a couple of years anyway, according yeah. to the, the commissioner's office. 
um, which love it or hate it, what's a topic for another day. But Harper, as he gets older, his his defense in right field is is suspect at times. So he looks like he might have to move to first base, which was remember with the Yankees trying to sign him. But I, I like the deal still, personally. I still think Bryce Harper is a, a top 10 offensive player in baseball. And those guys are going to get paid for that reason. I mean, we saw, we'll talk about Mike Trout later with the Angels, but he just got paid too. And obviously Machado got paid. This is, this is where baseball is going. The teams and the owners are making a ton of money through these TV deals, so they they got to return some of this revenue to the players. Yeah, I was actually thinking that this is going to be the end of this, uh, you know, the big deal era almost, cause, yeah, but it, if it, it turns out it's the other way around <laughs> as this offseason has proven. And then you have – oh, I'll ask you about the Mets. Uh, sure. We don't have to talk about the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Marlins are rebuilding. The Mets um, – there's, they could be sneaky good. I mean, obviously, you, when you have a Cy Young winner and Jake DeGrom and a guy with potential, like Nolan Syndergaard uh, there, Noah Syndergaard, he's got a chance to hopefully stay healthy. Um, Zach Wheeler is always a question mark in that rotation. Uh, it, it appears as though um, Peter Alonso, or I guess he wants to go by Pete Alonso now, is going to come up pretty early in April once that service time window. Yeah, I read May. <laughs> Um, I, I drafted him first overall in a, in a dynasty league draft this year for, for fantasy because he, he's, he's got a chance to hit 40 home runs, probably hit 30 this year. But he's, he's going to be a guy who anchors that, that first base bag for a long time for the Mets. Um, Jed Lowry is a, was a good pickup for them. Uh, he's, he's been pretty consistent. He can play basically anywhere on the infield. Uh, Cano is interesting. I mean, the guy obviously came off the PED suspension late last season and didn't miss a beat from, from what he's been doing for the last 10 years of his career. Um, I do like Conforto. I think Conforto has a chance to also hit 35 home runs this year. The Mets are going to be that team who will live and die by scoring a lot of runs. They're either going to score a bunch or not score many at all. Their pitching staff's going to hold them in a lot of games. Um, I think their they're top three of the rotation with DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Wheeler are pretty strong. Uh, Vargas at the number five spot. He was brutal last year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. That guy's had some good years in his career. Uh, I, I think that the Mets, uh, where they're going to live or die, like you said, is actually the rotation. Yeah. Because the hitting doesn't – it's it's going to be sustainable, if not great, because of Conforto and uh, Alonzo with the 30-plus yeah. home runs, uh, supposedly, hopefully, whatever you want to <laughs> say. Um but the pitching is much better than that, and I think that's what's going to carry them, like most seasons. But there's a lot of injuries that also plague them at the wrong times. Very true, yeah. They seem to have that little bit of a, almost like an injury curse that you always hear about with the Mets. Uh, guys just get hurt. Obviously, being, bringing in Diaz to close games is going to be huge for them, too. He was great in Seattle last year. Yeah, uh, and this is going to be a tough division either way you look at it, and I think oh, they're, man, the, yeah. they're the third or fourth uh, best team in it, so... It's an uphill climb. They made some great improvements in the offseason. So, I mean, props to their front office. Obviously, they have their new uh, new GM, the younger guy there. Uh, what's his last name? They kind of have Brody something. But uh, good dude. Seems like he's kind of ready to take this team into the analytic phase of baseball that we're in now. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the NL Central. Who do you have winning this division? Oh, man. I mean, I've seen I've seen projections all over the map for these. I've seen some people saying the, the Cubs might finish under 500 this year. <laughs> I don't see that happening. No. I think the Cardinals win this division. Adding Goldschmidt and Andrew Miller was pretty huge. 
I mean, they've got some big, uh, some big boys in the bullpen with Jordan Hicks who can throw 100 miles an hour every mm-hmm. pitch. Yeah, um, they're pretty consistent. I mean, Matt Carpenter is still a very good hitter. Um, they're stuck with uh, with Jason Hayward or is it Dexter Fowler? I can't remember which one they have, but <laughs> either way, those guys are they got some big contracts. But I, I like the Cardinals still. I think that they do a really good job of bringing up their young pitching uh, prospects, and they signed that Miles McCullough guy last year. Um, who came back from from Asia and and was really good. So it's Dexter Fowler that they have, but Ozuna's looking for that. And I mean, I like these guys. <laughs> yeah, I have the uh, Cubs. I think that they were uh, injury plagued a little bit last year, and they still won ninety five games. But when they're fully healthy, they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Darvish is hopefully a full season from Darvish and Chris Bryant. Uh, and then you have a full season from Cole Hamill should sustain that rotation or. Uh, solidified, I should say. Do you think that you Darvish was the like the biggest disappointment of the 2018 season in terms of just not being able to stay healthy? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would go with that too. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Brewers? Oh, excuse me. Say what you're gonna say. Yeah, just you can't bet against the Cubs. I mean, they're a couple years removed from a World Series. Um, I really like uh, Albert Almora Jr. I think that kid's real good. Um, Rizzo is a solid guy at first base. Um, Javi Baez, I mean, I think Ben Zobrist is projected to open as their second baseman. Uh, it's interesting. They sent Ian Happ to AAA camp. He's had a rough spring, but the dude is, still has the capability to play all over the field, and I think he's a better option than than like a 38-year-old Ben Zobrist, whatever Zobrist is now. So we'll see what happens with the Cubs, but they're going to be pretty good. All right. Well, what's your thoughts on the Brewers? I try to get, get that out with any uh... – <laughs> Hiccup. Um, they lost some starting pitching. I mean, yeah, Gio Gonzalez, Wade Miley. It's the bullpen's going to be good again. I mean, Josh Hader's probably the best reliever in baseball, along with Blake Trennan in uh, in Oakland. But it's it's tough to say. I mean, their starting pitching is it was suspect going into last year, and they still managed to to ride their offense really and Christian Yelich into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen again, though. Yeah, I, I, would, I was going to say, I think it's it's going to be one of those things that they might be one of those teams that were real good for one year, and they're going to have a couple of – they might compete for that second wild card spot until until the last month of the season, then they might they might fall off a little bit. Um, yeah, pitching – there's a lot of divisions that are going to be set up by pitching this year, and the NL Central is definitely one of them. Yeah, if the Brewers were in the AL, I, I have fair confidence that they would make the playoffs. But this NL uh, playoff race is just going to be so uh, – it's packed. It's a dogfight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the Red. We'll talk about the Reds. Uh, they yeah. made some moves in the offseason. They added pitching. <laughs> yeah. And then they moved Billy Hamilton out. Pitching. That's worth talking about. I mean, Sonny Gray was brutal last year in New York. Um which is too bad because, I mean, I was always a fan of him in Oakland, but it just didn't seem to work out for him at all. But Yeah, maybe the change of scenery is going to help him out. They get um, out of that New York spotlight. What do you think about Puig this year? I mean, he's in a contract year. Is he going to hustle? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's always been a concern. Um, yeah. I mean, Joey Votto's elite. Big fan of Joey Votto as a, as a Canadian. Um, I mean, Joey Votto, he had a down year last year. He still had a 400 on base percentage. <laughs> yeah, you have the uh, Nick Senzel who they moved out Billy Hamilton to make room for. Uh, yeah, they they sent the AAA though. Um, the Reds were 
quoted in the, at the start of the preseason saying they were going to start their best 25-man roster, and sending Senzel to AAA um, goes against that. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, he had, hasn't had that much time in center field, so they're using this excuse as he needs like a month or two and a half weeks, whatever it is, to play center field in AAA before they bring him up. Uh, pretty high on this kid. He's had some issues. He has, he suffers from vertigo every once in a while, so he goes through bouts of dizziness uh, that have limited his playing time. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. He's got lots of upside. It'll be, it's, it's interesting that they're moving him away. Obviously, they have Suarez at third base, so that takes Senzel's natural position away from him. And Scooter Gannett's going to miss some time here. So people were saying, why don't they leave Senzel, but they're going to do something else for a couple of weeks and then bring him up. It's an interesting team. They're not going to win more than 80 games probably, but they got a chance to at least be uh, a reason for Reds fans to show up to the ballpark. Be an annoyance for the other NL Central teams at the, yeah, very, uh, at the very least. So uh, the Pirates, all they have is really pitching-wise, Arch, Arch, oh, Chris Archer, my bad, and uh, Kella. Yeah. Kella. I don't know what's – I think the Pirates have accepted that they're going to lose 100 games this year. Um, especially in that division. I mean, they might be a decent team in another division, but the Central is just too good, and playing the four teams that we've already talked about a bunch of times isn't going to help their cause. Chris Archer, this guy has had shown glimpses of, of Cy Young potential in his career, but he's always kind of just ended up being a an above-average starting pitcher, so we'll, we'll kind of see if he can finally take a step forward as, as like the leader of this Pirates rotation. I, they've got some sneaky talent um, and some speed that could play fits for their teams, but yeah, it just seems like they're going to be just below average all year. Yeah, below average is a, being generous. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so the in out west we have the probably the Dodgers, right, or definitely the Dodgers winning this division. I don't see any real competition for them in regards to the number one spot over there. Yeah, I mean, the Rockies seem like they would be the, the only team with a realistic, if not long shot, at, at taking the division. The Dodgers are maybe the best team on paper in the National League as a whole right now. And being in a division that doesn't have as stiff of competition as the other other divisions in the NL, it puts them as pretty way, pretty far away the favorites. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Padres, if Machado decides to go Super Saiyan, but I really don't see that happening. The Padres, they might score a bunch of runs, and they can bring up some guys like uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, to play shortstop. But, but the pitching is so bad. Pitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the so Angels. It's, it's bad. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Angels. Oh, uh, yeah, the yeah. D-backs and the Giants, like – Arizona yeah, moved out. Well, Goldschmidt. The D-backs and Giants are those two teams that, I mean, the D-backs lost Goldschmidt. They traded him away. They're kind of in a rebuild. They still have Zach Granke, who, until this morning, was the um, highest-paid pitcher per year in, in baseball. Um, Verliner just beat him by half a million dollars this morning. Uh, yeah. But he's he's still great. But I mean, do, do we see him finish the full year in, with with the D-backs? Obviously, by the time the trade deadline rolls around in July. Uh, whoever trades for him won't have to pay him the full salary, and it, and it could be a very attractive trade piece for some high-end prospects at the deadline if the D-backs are far away from contention. Yeah, so I yeah we can say that it's the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers for sure. So moving over to the AL, we have the 
Yankees, right? You have the Yankees winning this division or the I Red Sox? The Yankees based solely on the differences in, in the bullpen between the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think both of these teams will still win damn near 100 games, if not both more than 100 games. Um, they both have these high-profile, high-power, high-octane offenses that are going to hit a ton of home runs, uh, put up a ton of runs. The big concern with Boston is their bullpen right now. Is the Craig Kimbrell still remains unsigned as we speak, and Matt Barnes is projected to be the closer for the Red Sox. And that, for me, just screams um, calamity, potential disaster. I just feel like having Chapman, Britton, and Adam Odovino in the Yankees' bullpen just makes them very scary if they have a two- or three-run lead going into the seventh inning. Yeah, you wrote one, two, three punch in the notes. That's a hell of a one, two, three punch. Yeah, that's probably the best bullpen in baseball, I would say. Between those, just between those three guys and whatever you can throw in around them, I think those three guys alone make it the best in baseball. Yeah, and you can't sleep on the offense either. Oh God, no! It's <laughs> it's it's crazy that um, everyone's talking about uh, this the risks with the rotation. I see Severino's not throwing off a mound right now, um, but they brought in James Paxton via trade. And a full season from, uh, excuse me, uh, Hap and... Yeah, Hap too. I mean, I, I got to watch Hap a lot over the last few seasons with him when he was with the Jays. And he's a, he's, a, he's a pro. I mean, the guy goes out there, he throws strikes. He can work seven or eight innings on any given day. Um, he just looks like a kind of guy who can give you 200 innings every year. And he's, he's getting up there in age where he's a lefty. Um, that's big. Uh, the Red Sox have had some history in the past of struggling against lefties with their current lineup. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, Troy Tulowitzki is a guy that everyone's talking about. The Blue Jays are paying him $38 million over the next two seasons to not play for them. Um, so it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see if he can come back after not playing baseball for a year and a half and fill in for uh, Didi Gregorius. Yeah, uh, moving on to the Red Sox, you have, we talked about the bullpen a little bit, which is going to take a step back because they don't have Kimbrell. But uh, the rotation is filthy it's filthy yeah to put it the least <laughs> and you have the uh order which still has mookie bats among others yeah and jd um then i should probably lead off with jd martinez <laughs> i mean ben attendee <laughs> yeah a bunch there's of guys where you look on this red sox lineup there's elite offense and their defense is very good too you have jackie bradley jr ben attendee and bats in the outfield who yeah might be the best defensive outfield let alone what they can do with the bats um it's and they brought back Steve Pierce, World Series hero, <laughs> Steve Pierce, uh, on a one-year deal to play DH for him, so, and a little bit of utility uh, with him and Martinez. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. The Red Sox are probably going to score uh, a lot more runs than they allow. So it's going to come down to that bullpen, though. If if that bullpen implodes, uh, they'll be cycling a lot of their guys up for AAA and maybe signing some emergency help. Yeah. All right. What's your outlook on the Rays? See, I have the Rays at third. Um, the Blue Jay fan of me wants to put the Blue Jays there. Uh, <laughs> and I think these two teams are going to go back and forth all season. I think both teams finish around 500. The Rays have the best shot to finish above 500. They won 90 plus games last year and, and missed the wild card due to the American League being pretty competitive. Uh, but Blake Sell now has a new contract. Austin Meadows, whom they got for the, in the Chris Archer deal, is going to start at right field. And Tommy Pham will have a first, his first full year with Tampa as well. So their outfield projects be pretty good. Also, you have uh, Gold Glover, Kevin Kiermaier in center. They added Morton into the rotation. But their, their three-man rotation with uh, Morton, Snell, and Glasnow 
makes it look like they're going to be using their, their bullpen a lot in the opener scenarios again. They lost Sergio Romo. The Rays probably won 85 games and finished just about 500, but they're going to, they're not going to make the playoffs or even sniff the wild card spot because in AL you need like 92 wins to get there. Um, yeah, they're going to finish third or fourth. I think I'd love to see the Blue Jays take a step forward, but I also don't really care because they're not going to do anything this year anyway. <laughs> yeah, if they make it in the playoffs, they're getting yeah. <laughs> slated. Um, but you do have Vlad Guerrero Jr. to look forward to. I've been looking forward to Vlad Guerrero Jr. since they signed him uh, three years ago as a 16-year-old. This kid is is crazy good. I mean, he, he hurt himself, hurt his obliques, uh, swinging his back because he swings with such force. Um, the Jays last year, the last couple years, have, haven't have got much out of Aaron Sanchez. I mean, the dude won like 16 games. And last year, he dropped a suitcase on his finger and hurt his finger. Um, so he's had like some finger injuries that have derailed his career a little bit. So, his body is fine. It's just one one finger on his pitching hand that's killed him. But him and Marcus Stroman, who is in the media a lot, have looked really great this spring. They brought in Matt Shoemaker, who hasn't been healthy with the Angels for a couple of years. Um, but the rotation is going to be interesting at best. The Blue Jays have a ton of young talent waiting in AAA. Uh, they probably have about 10 pitchers who could compete for that fifth of the rotation spot as we speak. But a lot of them are going to start in AAA just to get a full season of, of – uh, high caliber baseball in their belt. I like this team a lot. They've got potentially hit home runs. Um, once Vladdy comes up, it's going to be a pretty deep lineup. They'll have Smoke, Gritchuk, Teoscar Hernandez, and Guerrero who can all hit 30 home runs. They're going to have a lot of pop. They're going to strike out a lot. Um, I'm hoping that Charlie Montoyo, who used to be the Rays bench coach, is going to work in some more of the Rays system where they're actually going to maybe try and steal some bases, which would be nice to see. Um, it's going to be a, a fun year for Blue Jays fans who are excited about the future because we're going to see a lot of young AAA players get a decent chance at playing. Right. Um, I agree. I agree with everything you said. There's not much to add. Yeah. I mean, I follow this team pretty religiously. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to compete with that. <laughs> so, uh, do you think the Baltimore Orioles will exceed that 115 loss mark? Um, they're going to do their best to try. <laughs> I think, uh, they didn't really do anything in the off season to, bring anybody in um they no. lost adam jones matty benchado is a it seems like he it's been forever since he played there even though it's been about not even a full year eight months since benchado last played in baltimore but i just feel like this team they're pitching i was looking at their depth chart this morning and their pitching staff i was just oof. Was basically is like a, the first word that came out of my mouth was oof <laughs> um, it just looks like their bullpen's going to be brutal and the rotation could be even worse. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's they lost. A, they don't have Britain anymore. They don't have Machado, and they don't have Kevin Gossman. That's true too. I forgot about Gossman. It's yeah, a full they, season without any of those three, and it's going to be trash. Abysmal. So feel really bad for Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll bet. They have the Ravens. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> All right, so out of the AL East into the AL Central, the Cleveland Indians are headlining this division. Uh, they're pitching a full rotation of well, – I'm off the notes. Shit. Uh, a full rotation of Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco, Clevenger, and Bieber is, like you said, full of strikeout potential. Yeah. It's it's real good. I mean, those guys, they had four pitchers last year strikeout. 200 batters, which was the first time anybody had done that ever. Um, Trevor Bauer looks 
filthy so far this spring. He's striking out guys left and right. He spent a lot of time in the offseason posting on social media all of his stuff that he was doing uh, at the Driveline Baseball Lab in, in Seattle. So there's always a, the big thing with him. And uh, and uh, was it Bragman? They were going back and forth a bit on, on Twitter about doing live BP, and that was always fun for to watch. Uh, Lindor and Ramirez might be the best left side of an infield in baseball. Those guys could both win an MVP award at some point in their careers. I think the only question mark really in Cleveland that's huge is the outfield, the bullpen a little bit, but their outfielders are young and inexperienced, but they're going to get a chance to prove themselves this year. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, Lindor's probably the best shortstop in baseball. So, Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, that's probably the best position in baseball right now in terms of, in terms of guys uh, with potential, so I'm looking forward to watching this team. Yeah, well, you have – Maybe this is their one of the last years on top. I can't see them any competition this year or real competition at least. Yeah, it almost seems that they were trying to do like a soft, not really a rebuild, but a retool this off season when they moved out some pieces and brought some new pieces in. Um, they're hoping that some of their outfield prospects are going to develop into everyday major league players. I think that's they're hoping to do kind of what the Astros did, where they keep this homegrown talent coming up, and those are cheap contracts. Yeah, well, it worked for the Astros. Sure did. So, what's your outlook on the Minnesota Twins? Do you think they can get uh, or sneak into a wild card spot? That second wild card spot, supposedly after the powerhouses out east. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed ninety nine percent probably that the Yankees or Red Sox claim that first wild card spot. Um, the Twins did some good things this off season. They've brought in Marvin Gonzalez and Nelson Cruz along with Jonathan Scope. They made some pretty sneaky low budget contract offers to those guys and brought them in um solidifying defense and a little bit of pop in their offense the big question for them is whether or not their young guys in the outfield like buxton and kepler can can produce over a 162 game schedule yeah Um, i like the pickup of blake parker who used to be with the angels in the bullpen um he closed some games for la and he's been a late inning guy in his career so he had some stability there the rotation is going to determine this whole thing. Again, it's another team that's going to come down to the pitching side of things. The first full season without Joe Maurer also for the Twins for a long time. Uh, it's going to be a, a different Twins team that we're going to see, and it, it, it could pay off for them. Yeah, I think the two things that stand out to me are uh, potential black bounce-back seasons from Sano and Buxton for them to yeah. kind of take that next step. Very true. The other three teams in the AL Central, there's not much worth talking about with them in regards to playoff contention. <laughs> True. But the uh, who do you think's coming in third out of this? It's the White Sox, right? The White Sox, the Tigers. I mean, I think you can you can flip a coin between those two teams. Um, the Tigers have the most big leagues experience. Obviously, they have guys like Cabrera and uh, Castellanos and Harrison on the team. Uh, but like Mikey Matuk and Nico Goodrum, I was watching the, the Tigers and Jays were playing uh, down in Florida this morning. So I was watching that. And uh, those guys look like they're going to be really fun to watch the Tigers. And with the White Sox, I mean, obviously Michael Kopesh is missing this full season as from the Tommy John surgery. Um, number two prospect, Eloy Jimenez, um, two or three, depending on who you talk to with Tatis Jr., was gonna, is going to come up sometime around the same time that Money Jr. comes up. Um, I think the White Sox are going to hit hit home runs and steal some bags. 
but again, their pitching is a little bit worse than the Tigers, so I can see the Tigers finishing third, but I think the White Sox are the, have the most upside out of those two teams. You mentioned the Tigers as uh, competing for third. I actually think if it's going to be anyone that's going to be up there with the White Sox, I mean, we're talking about it like it's a big deal, the third in <laughs> a terrible division, but uh, I think it's going to be the Royals over the Tigers at the very least. Yeah, the Royals are going to be sneaky, and they're going to be very fast. I mean, they're not going to win over 80 games, but... No, I think <laughs> if they win 70 games, that'd be a big success. Well, I've seen people saying um, they have them in the 60s, but I'm kind of higher on them than that. I'd say that's the 70 to 80 range. Or yeah, low 70s. I saw, at, at, I saw an article yesterday that said that Whit Merrifield might still might have uh, still 70 bases this year, and that would be insane. Oof. Uh, but, I mean, they added Billy Hamilton, uh, who can't get on base, but when he does, he's almost a guaranteed stolen base. Uh, <laughs> Alex Gordon is still a great defender and is a veteran. He can hit 25 home runs if he's healthy. Losing Sal Perez was huge for the Royals. Um, any really hope that they had of being competitive kind of rested on him being in the middle of their lineup and losing him for a full year sucks. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah. So out west, we are... Seemingly, the Houston Astros are going to capture this division. Not seemingly. Yeah. It's, it's a, almost a guarantee. It seems like both of these NL West and AL West divisions have a clear-cut favorite. Yeah. Uh, you, we, you mentioned Justin Verlander becoming the highest-paid pitcher now. Uh, yeah. $66 million contract through 2021. Yeah, two more years. Yeah. Uh, you also have George Springer, Carlos Correa, and Jose Altuve both yeah. offensive and defensively uh, leading that leading them on the diamond is the best way to put it. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Cole's huge in the rotation behind yeah. the Uh Those guys are a one, two ace combo. Um, having McHugh behind them is, is pretty solid as well. Uh, their bullpen is, is great. I mean, they have Roberto Osuna who um, Blue Jays fans either like him or, or hate him. He had a domestic abuse issue last year and, and we traded him away. Um, for Ken Giles, uh, which I mean, I was on the I was on the side of we should trade him. Um, I think this team wins 110 games if they're healthy. Alex Bregman is one of my dark horse candidates for the AL MVP award. I just think he's primed to break out in a huge way this year and really take a step forward as one of the best third basemen in baseball. Um, I like the flexibility that this roster has. They have a bunch of guys who can play multiple positions, which we're seeing in baseball is a very big asset now, uh, especially as, if we move towards a uh, three pitcher or a three batter minimum for pitchers. We're going to see a lot of pitchers going deeper, and we'll be carrying more pitchers on rosters. So having less batters who can play more positions will be uh, will be interesting to see. Yeah, of course they're losing Keuchel. Yeah, I'll, it looks like they're going to lose him. I mean, he has the sign. <laughs> he might come back. <laughs> he might. He might just maybe he'll take a, lo- a lesser deal or he'll take something. I mean. We've seen um, Scott Boris struggle to get his clients signed this offseason, and Keiko's another one of his. Uh, so we'll see if, if he can get that that big contract he wants or if he's going to have to settle for something. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little late to get a huge contract. Yeah, it would seem so that, as that ship has sailed for this year anyway. Yeah, so for this second spot, you like the A's over the Angels, and I'm going to tend to agree. Yeah, it's. I had a tough time. I mean, I have a tough time betting against Mike Trout, but then you look at the rest of the Angels roster, and Tyler Skaggs is listed at the top of their 
the rotation with really nobody to follow him with Shohei Otani not pitching this year. Um, it's it's a little bit sad uh, for me and as a baseball fan that Mike Trout is not going to make the playoffs again. He's made the playoffs once in his career, which is a crime um, for the, for a guy who's baseball's best player. It's it's it sucks. I mean, hopefully Otani can provide value on on offense because the guy who he's going to split DH time with Albert Pujols is not anymore. Uh, he's 39 and he he's been a below average player for two years in a row now. It's if the Angels can finish at 500, that's going to be a big success for this roster. It's unfortunate. Yeah, one thing about Trout is, does he, like, not want to win? I... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Trout's, like, Trout's an interesting dude. I mean, the guy should be in the face of Major League Baseball, both on, on the field and, and on the marketing side of things, but he just doesn't have the desire. He's not a he's not a Hollywood type of player like a Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper where they want to be the the center of the spotlight. Trout just is content to go out and, and play baseball. I mean, you, you can tell like, when the guy's on the field with his teammates, like, he, just, he loves what he's doing, but he just does not love the spotlight. And I think him, for him, I think loyalty is a big thing. And obviously, the Angels are a team that drafted him. I still can't believe Mike Trout was, what, like the 25th overall pick that he got drafted. I can't believe that 24 teams passed on him. Yeah, and he's uh, the best player in baseball. I was, to, I was trying to look to see who the Jays drafted that year, and it was some guy who I don't even think is in North America anymore playing baseball. And I just think, look back and think, my, like, my God, you missed out on the best player in Major League history. <laughs> and it's, 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 a, it's a travesty that Trout can't have a winning team around him. Well, he, he just that it speaks to the type of guy he is that he just dropped the news or the it, the news just dropped that he's going to sign a four hundred thirty million dollar contract on like a Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, and no, at like nine a.m. No speculation that it was even coming. Like people were yeah, like, like six know, hours before I was going to free agency, and all of a sudden it's like Ken Rosenthal on Twitter is like, oh yeah, by the way, this is happening. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, like six hours before it's like, oh, imagine that I said Twitter. Imagine that Harper Trout combo in in Philly, and that's not going to happen. That's not happening now unless something. Uh, goes crazy wrong with this Mike Trout contract and decides that he wants to be traded. But I don't know. It's It looks like he's going to be an angel for life. And hopefully they can do something. They have a couple of young prospects like Joe Adele in the outfield who can come up and give him some help hopefully soon. But, I mean, it looks like the Angels are at least two years away from being homegrown talent ready. And, I mean, they're going to have to bring some guys in via trade and free agency to support the best player ever. It yeah. Sucks. <laughs> it's depressing a little bit. Sucks for him. I mean, I no, it doesn't. He's, <laughs> He's making four hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, I I, tre- I tend to tread lightly when I say that. Like that, they're not. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're millionaires, so they're doing fine. Uh, we have oh the Mariners and the Rangers. Is there much to talk about? Well, the Mariners, we could make a couple. Uh, you can make a couple points, but yeah. You could see under under the Rangers, the only question I put in here was, will Joey Gallo bunt? Um, <laughs> he, he gets shifted on the most by anybody in baseball, and he's, I don't think he's ever laid down a bunt in his career. I mean, sure, he can hit 40 home runs, but if the guy wants to get on base a little bit more often, he could just roll the ball up towards third base and probably end up on second base. Um, I, I like what the Mariners did a little bit. I mean, obviously, they did a bit of a fire sale. They dumped Paxton and Segura, and they traded away uh, – they traded for Carlos Santana and then traded him to Cleveland for Edwin Encarnacion, and they were supposed to trade Edwin Encarnacion, but they didn't. Um, it's a lot of moves. They uh, they made a lot of moves to really accomplish nothing. They still have D. Gordon. Um, Tim Beckham looked really good in the Japan series, and so did Hunter Strickland. He posed two games for them over there. 
King Felix Hernandez, I'm not sure how much of a king he is anymore. I remember seeing this guy pitch live back in like 2010, um, and he was just elite back then, but it's, that's a far cry. It's almost 10 years ago now, and I just feel like their rotation is going to limit what they do all year. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> they really uh, – James Paxton uh, – I don't even know what to say. It's, yeah, they kind of let him go for. They got they got uh, Justice Sheffield for him, and I mean, if you look at Paxton, he's a Canadian guy, so I, I can talk about quite a bit about him. Obviously, he threw the no hitter last year in Toronto against the Blue Jays, which is pretty cool. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of you, either the experts in baseball, the so-called experts, either like Paxton's numbers a lot or they hate them. There's some underlying things in his in his numbers where he seems to get away with allowing a lot of hard contact, and in Yankee Stadium with that short porch in uh, in left field or in right field, sorry, it tends to hurt people. Obviously, Paxton being a lefty, um, he'll be facing a lot of right-handed pull hitters, but it seems like to me like he's in either in for a real good season where he'll finally prove the doubters wrong, or it could go wrong as the Sunny Gray deal went for the Yankees last year too. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, I'm. You, can, I guess you could call me a Yankees fan. I, I kind of uh, pay attention to the whole league, but I'm. Oh, I'm erring on the side that I hope that it's uh, a successful tenure for James Paxton here well, in New I, York. I do too. As as a, I, I was rooting for the Canadian guys. Um, him and Joey Votto are two of my favorite big leaders, and I'm, I'm hoping for Paxton uh, that he can continue to have a great career. All right, now that we are actually, I want to do something first. Uh, so who's your early? Very, very early World Series favorite. Um, I refuse to bet against the Houston Astros this year. I just feel like getting – hopefully Jose Altuve plays a full season. He had some injury bug, caught him a bit last year. Um, I'd love to see the Dodgers, but I just think that uh, Clayton Kershaw is not the Clayton Kershaw that we all think he is. He's got an old man back, and I just feel like Verlander and Cole are the definitions of workhorses still. And they're going to lead the Houston Astros to the World Series. Uh, I'm I'm a Yankees fan, but I actually like the Red Sox to repeat. Really? Yeah. Mm. Barring that bullpen, of course. But yeah, it's gonna take some work. I do, I really think their rotation is just primed to make another deep playoff run. Chris Sale, David Price, Nathan a full season, Nathan Eovaldi, and then yeah. in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I like the Red Sox. Yeah, they're, those are two teams, I think, the the Astros and the Red Sox, that you can't bet against. The American League, I think the American League wins the World Series again this year because you'll either have the Astros, the Yankees, or the Red Sox coming out. And I think all three of those teams are capable of winning, whereas in the NL, I think maybe only the Dodgers have like a surefire shot of making it to the, the NLCS, and then they, it'll either be like the Braves, the Cubs, or the Cardinals, I think, that'll make it. And if the Brewers can sneak in, I think their uh, their pitching is real a big concern. But if they can sneak into the playoffs, they can make a run with the offense. True, and I mean, if if Scherzer and Corbin are pitching at an elite level, it's, it'll be tough to bet against the Nats in a playoff series too, especially in a, in the five game division series. It'd be tough to bet against a team with those two starters. Yeah, uh, I probably should have switched the order on these questions. But who do you think uh, is going to sneak into that second wild card spot in the AL? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I believe, obviously, the Yankees or Red Sox are going to take the first one. Yeah, The three teams that are going to fight for it will be the Rays, the A's, 
and Angels maybe. I just I love to say the Twins, but I just don't think the Twins are good enough to even compete for that second wild card spot. Yeah. I'm hoping the Angels can get in there at least as, as anything can happen in that one game playoff. Uh, they, the Angels could have a great game and knock off one of the Yankees or Red Sox and sneak into the division round. But <laughs> um, I think the that the uh, A's are probably the favorite. The A's and Rays are probably the top two teams for that, that second wild card spot. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Rays because the A's pitching is kind of up so in the bad. air a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So before I let you go, I did put a – I sent a tweet out a couple of days ago asking yeah. for questions. And we only got three, but <laughs> That's right. it's three quality questions. Uh, so from at, at Z30 Sportscast, Zeph, uh, who is honestly buying Trout jerseys? Does he move the needle? Does his team lack – does his team's lack of playoff playoff success, excuse me, uh, mean anything? And I know you were immediately confused by this question because you asked, yeah, you asked him to elaborate. I asked him to elaborate. I mean, it it seems as though, um, yeah, Mike Trout. He's not in the top ten in MLB jersey sales. I looked that up. Uh, he's number eleventh. Um, the guys who beat him are Molina. Stanton, Otani, Bryant, Rizzo, Betts, Kershaw, Baez, Altuve, and Judge. Um, he comes ahead of Posey and Harper um, in jersey sales. I mean, obviously, the best player in baseball is not the best-selling jersey. Um, and that's just because, again, we, we just talked about with with the marketing side of things, he doesn't want to be the face. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I have a hard time. I don't think you can blame the lack of playoff success on, on Mike Trout. Maybe the same thing as saying, um, why didn't the Tigers win more World Series when Justin Verlander was there? I mean, Verlander only plays every fifth day, and Mike Trout only bats every ninth time. So to say that these guys, that one one player does not make a difference in baseball as much as it does as a, as a great quarterback in the NFL or a great goaltender in hockey. Um, baseball is one of those sports where one player can't make as big of a difference because it's such a, it's such a huge team game. It's, it's an individual game of, of, but it's still a team sport. It's batter versus pitcher, but obviously you have your teammates behind you. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time blaming anything on Mike Trout. I'm a, I'm a huge Homer when it comes to Mike Trout, admittedly, but at the same time, you can't base the angels lack of success on Mike Trout. He's been, in, he should be the MVP every year. The fact that he doesn't win it is, is um, it, it shows that the baseball writers and the people who choose that award don't really know what they're doing um, because he's the best player in baseball and he is the most valuable, regardless of what the team does around him. Yeah, the vibe I'm getting from this from this guy is that he's blame, he is blaming Trout, and uh, that's blasphemous <laughs> to blame <laughs> one player. Like you've been saying, to blame one player. Yeah. All right, moving on from that one. Um, well, oh, he does mention one for twelve and one in his own playoff appearance, but you've uh, mentioned that doesn't matter. Yeah, you've mentioned everything else that's more important. In history who don't have playoff at bats, let alone yeah. Hit. What is that? One playoff series, one playoff game. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we have a hockey question actually from at Ballfly NBA, one of the boys in the Rise Up uh, podcast <laughs> community. What are the Sens doing? Seems like a complete mess of a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it sure does. Melnick, <laughs> that sly, sly dog. <laughs> I mean, did you see what he said the other day? I'm, I'm a Leafs fan. I'll, I'll quantify my statement before I uh, get into this. But he, he talked about how 
the Leafs have forgotten about defense in the rebuild. <laughs> um, I think he neglected to look at our roster to see that we do have Norris Trophy candidate Morgan Riley, who should be the captain of the team. Um, they brought in Jake Muzzin from the, from the Kings, and they're missing Jake Gardner and Travis Dermott from injury right now. And those Both those guys will be back pretty quick. So the, when those four guys are all there, the Leafs have one of the better top four D pairings in, in the league. I think they're just as good as Tampa Bay if both teams are completely healthy, if I'm being honest, if not just a, a total homer when it comes to the Leafs. But the Sens, I mean, they brought in Matt Duchesne last year for a first-round pick, a couple of first-round picks, if I remember correctly, from Colorado. And then they immediately flipped him back for, for a first-round pick this year. It just seems like the Sens have yet to clue in that a rebuild does not mean training, trading away your first-round picks. Um, if you yeah. want to rebuild, you got to rebuild. <laughs> you got to uh, get draft picks. <laughs> why would you trade a first-round draft pick for – sure, Matt Duchesne was an elite talent, but – if you look at your realistic window for a rebuild, you can't rebuild in one year in hockey. It takes, if, well, if you look like the Oilers, it takes 20 years because they don't know how to figure out how to do it. Um, but hockey is a, a three to five year rebuild process if you do it really well. And Matt Duchesne in, in three to five years is going to be close to 30, if not over 30. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but yeah. that's not a player that you rebuild around. At that point, you're trying to rebuild around a guy like Connor McDavid, who I feel is really bad for that guy, too. He's like the Mike Trout of hockey. He, they just can't put a winning team around him. And it just seems like the Senators haven't figured out that rebuilding comes from within and not from without. Yeah, I couldn't put it any better, to be honest with you. That's <laughs> yeah. damn damn Canadians not uh, <laughs> knowing hockey better than us Americans. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, like my Rangers. They are entering this rebuild phase that they announced last year. Very courteous yeah. of them. Uh, but they didn't get much back for Zuccarello from the Stars. So well, hopefully we don't enter that territory. pretty good, but not elite. But, yeah, they didn't get enough back for him in my opinion. Yeah, I'd rather – I mean, conditional picks are conditional picks. So we'll see where the uh, Stars can move um, – up in the standings or down in the standings or whatever the conditions are for that those picks. While we're talking about the Rangers, who's this like Georgiev guy you have as your backup goaltender? This dude cannot will not let the Leafs beat him. Like it's crazy how good he plays against us. I went to that game. That was that was fifty five saves. Oh man, and we, he was then they beat us again last night in OT, and he was also starting last. That night, too. So that that uh, game at the Garden, we could not get a lick of offense, but oh he my God. Care, that's incredible. Put him on his back, and he carried. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't need wins. We need losses. And I couldn't believe that. I, I've never heard of this kid before. He makes 55 saves for a shutout. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be the uh, replacement for Hank. That's going to be no. Shesh Jorkin's okay. uh, position when he decides to come over from Russia or when yeah. he's allowed to. Um, <laughs> but Gorgiev is going to be a fine backup, a mighty fine backup. Yeah, he seems pretty solid to me from what I've seen of him. Yeah. <laughs> So our last question comes from uh, the Timeskew podcast. Q from the Timeskew podcast. Uh, would you rather have seen Trout in Philadelphia? Uh, I'll answer with a two-word or two-letter word. No, um, I don't think that would have been fun at all. Uh, I don't like I don't like super teams in the NBA. And I do not like super teams in baseball. I think having those two guys on a roster. Even in a league that doesn't have a salary cap, would have seriously limited the Phillies' chances of bringing in more players. 
I mean, if you have two players who are making over $33 million a year on your roster, that makes it pretty difficult to bring in another 60 to $100 million of players. I mean, most teams don't have a payroll over $120 million, and having two guys take up over half of that would have been pretty tough to place to compete. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say about the super team aspect of the NBA. It could turn into that. And, I mean, it's baseball. It's a completely different sport. So For sure. But you have a one-two punch of Trout and Harper, which that, that would be dangerous. <laughs> it would have been. I mean, it's gonna. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with with both of those guys. I mean, Bryce Harper had not really a down year last year, but down from his standards of uh, batting average. Anyway, I mean, he still gets on base at a crazy time. He takes a ton of walks and hits home runs. But Mike Trout just does everything so well that those two guys put together would have just been. Really nasty. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I would like to see it at an All Star game, but they don't play in the same the same league. But I don't want to see it every for 162 games. <laughs> yeah, it would be dangerous to yeah. say the least. I mean, baseball teams more than two players, but it is. But still, having two out of nine as two of the top ten players in baseball is pretty gross. I mean, the Yankees have it with Stanton and Judge, but and maybe the Red Sox too with with Betts and Martinez. So I mean, there are there are some some instances in baseball where you have some great players, but they're not all the highest paid players. Yeah, I'm definitely glad it didn't happen, or it seems like it's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, with those I, two anyway. I should say, because I want to keep it, uh, not baseball specifically, but I'd like to keep the sports that aren't, uh, you know, one player or two player focused like the NBA is, Yeah. to to where they are now. The NFL is perfect like it is uh, in terms of the play. Yep. So, model after that, not after the NBA. Please. I would agree. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, that's all we have for today, I'd say, right? I think we covered everything. Yeah, go Jays. I got nothing else to say. All right. Thanks for coming on. I'll yeah, see you. Pleasure, man. Anytime. All right. All right, everyone. That was a good-ass conversation, if I do say so myself. That's it for this week. Uh, You can catch my... I'll probably do an NFL mock draft uh, next Sunday with someone, or we'll do a panel or whatever with the group, uh, the Rise Up podcast community. Uh, But I'll announce on Twitter if anything changes. If I decide to do something else, I'll put a poll up or whatever you want to see. Actually, yeah, because it's an open week. Um, but I hope you enjoyed that MLB standing slash uh, season predictions. I certainly did. I had a lot of fun talking to Justin. Yeah, that's it. Peace.